Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to episode 28 of the Strange Catholics podcast. This week we're going to talk about forming a, your conscience well. Our saint spotlight, our saint this week is... Saints Cyril and Methodius. To start with opening prayer, we'll begin in the name of the Father Thank and of the you, Son Father, and of the Son. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to enliven within us that spirit that lives in us so that we may speak the words you want us to speak. We pray for all those that are hearing this, that their heart may be open and that we may lead them to the truth of Jesus Christ and his church. We pray that our conscience would be well-formed, and we pray for all those that are struggling in their faith in their life today, that you would reach down your loving hand upon them. Give them your warm embrace. Grant them peace and hope. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son Amen. and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Amen. Quick, we didn't talk. We didn't plan on talking about this. Did you guys see that the new collect going forward after from Ash Wednesday forward is going to exnay the one God forever and ever? It's just going to say God forever and ever. No, there's I didn't no see way. That. I'm going to. There's no way no, I'm going to be able to remember that because <laughs> I learned. I do it wrong now because I learned a certain way, even though I'm not ordained. I still learned a certain way, and it always it sounds right. I it, I, I I tripped and I tried to do it for uh, evening prayer tonight, and I was like, D -d 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 -d. so it's going to take um, stop making. It's going to take a little practice. Can you call the Vatican and tell them to stop making changes? So okay, I'm highly summarizing it, but it said because in the Latin it doesn't say one God, so that's why they're doing that. That was the how reason. come we didn't know that yesterday, but we know that today. No, this I is don't, the problem I have with this whole thing. When we change the creed, it's like, well, this is closer to what it really means. What we didn't know what it really meant before. I mean, sometimes these are questions that Catholics would ask. They are, and we don't always have a good answer, except like our bad. We thought it said this, but then we, you know, I mean, there's not always a good answer. And you can always translate different things different ways. And it flows better to say one God forever and ever. Right. I think. Potato. Like, yeah. Lyrically, right? It flows better in English to do it that way. Just a quick note. I'll link to an article from Pillar Catholic and from NCR. This, is, this translation is only being done for the American Catholics. It's only in our missile that the word one God is present in all other translations it's the god forever and ever as the latin states uh, now we're going to move on to some discussion about father mike schmitz and his great podcast maybe you've heard maybe you haven't but there's a 
one of the most popular podcasts. It was at least for the month of January and maybe into the beginning of February. Father Mike Schmitz is leading a Bible study going through the Bible for the entire year. So from January 1st all the way until December 31st. It was number one or in the top five at least for five or more weeks, I think. So it's enormously popular. And he is literally reading the Bible for like eight minutes. He's reading a chapter, a couple chapters from a few spots in the Old Testament as he kind of sprinkles through. There's a reading guide out there. And then he gives, there's a brief prayer and then he gives a short reflection. And he does this every single day. Uh, it's a really, sometimes he'll have Jeff Cavins on. They're using the Great Adventure timeline and Bible. Uh, it's a really neat way to kind of step through the Bible and have some context too, because that always helps to kind of know, you know, well, when they say this, especially, you know, like when you get into Leviticus, that can get a little a little muddy. So it just helps to have another perspective. Um, I've been through the Bible timeline or portions of it. So, you know, it's it's neat to kind of walk through that again. So, but we wanted to bring it up because it's amazingly popular. Father Mike Schmitz has been on, interviewed in a lot of different places all over, um, talking about the success of the podcast. So clearly, there's a hunger. But I think it's a great idea, and and whether whether we endorse, excuse me, whether we endorse uh, Father's podcast, which which is great for Catholics, you know, very Catholic oriented, or or any other of a, a treasure trove of podcasts that are out there that read the Bible. There's a couple other ones that I've done uh, that I was kind of turned on to during the old Testament class. Somebody said, Hey, go listen to this guy. And I think he's probably a, he's probably like a Baptist from the South or something, but he was reading pieces of the Bible every day. And he just happened to be in those old Testament readings that we were kind of going through in class. And he was just really easy to listen to. And he did a great job. He didn't give, a lot of context. He just read it, you know, so there's a lot of different hybrids out there, but check out that podcast. And if for some reason that's not your thing, there are other ones out there, especially for people like me who are auditory learners. It is really good to just listen to whether it's a liturgy of the hours, whether, or, or if it's the reading of the Bible. I absolutely enjoy father Mike. I mean, first of all, the way that I got my attention given to him was actually by a friend of mine who happens to be Lutheran. Hey, have you heard about this Catholic priest up in Duluth? You know, I watched a couple of his YouTube videos as a Lutheran, you know, and I find him entertaining. So if you've got a guy that is reaching not only Catholics, but reaching the whole Christian community. I mean, here's a person that could be a great influence on our faith, not just as Catholics, but as believers in Christ and believers in God. So, hey, I'm all for it. You know, thumbs up. I, I think it's fantastic. And I think it's, like you said, Phil, there's obviously a hunger there because of where the podcast was rated for so long. So clearly there's a need. Father Mike is filling it. People can connect with him because he's a very connectable guy. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I, I just, we wanted to highlight this for this very first kind of wrap, just to talk about it. And the only thing I'd say is if you're going to listen to his podcast, it doesn't replace listening to ours because you got to listen to ours too. <laughs> very absolutely. true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for plugging us, Bob. Appreciate that. Okay. Well, we need all the help we can get. All right. Let's talk about our main topic, forming a conscience.
So this week we talked and we've been kind of building on this over the last three weeks. We talked about last week as we talked about sin that we would go more in depth or at least give some good resources. We're not going to go super into the weeds, but we will provide some resources to help you in understanding this a little bit better. Um, Gaudium et Spes, uh, it's a document from Vatican II that we'll have a link for. It, it provides a very clear but concise paragraph on what does it mean as far as what is our conscience and and how do we know and understand what God is doing and how what how do we move towards the good and avoid the evil? Um, and that's an exact quote from that from paragraph 16 of Gaudium et Spes. And, and so part of this, part of the forming a good conscience is um, you're, what you're trying to do is not just listen to what your emotions are saying, but really listen to that quiet, still voice within us that's telling us that we should or should not do something. Um, usually God is going to give us that whisper. But again, if our conscience isn't well formed, we won't know that something is bad, which what is what we talked about last week with sin. Our moral obligation is to do good and to avoid evil, right? So there's a myriad of paragraphs in the Catechism starting in 1777 and kind of going on downward. But really part of it is, you know, if you haven't ever met with your pastor or it's been a while since you've been to confession or you just want to meet with a pastor for some uh, spiritual direction or another spiritual director, just have that consultation and say, you know, I'm struggling with this thing. Or this is a part of the church teaching that I'm having difficulty with. Or reach out to the faith formation director, whoever it might be, a deacon at your church, whoever, and just say, these are some of the things that I'm struggling with. Um, it's always better to assume that whatever the church is understanding, the actual church teaching, not just what other people say about it, that that is going to be more full, more deep, more reliable than what any specific individual is going to say about something the church teaches or whatever. So we want to always err on the side of what the church has taught, because if we go and read the document instead of what, you know, what other people are saying, we're going to find some beautiful truths there. That's just the nature of how the Holy Spirit is done in crafting these beautiful documents we've been given. Um, always, you know, kind of evaluate where you're at. What are some of your own emotions, circumstances, everything, you know, just really honestly do an assessment and say, you know, why are these some of the feelings I'm having? Um, another part of it, too, obviously, is take this to prayer. Really pray to understand, to dive deeper into what it is that these things are that are coming up. And as you continue to form your well-formed conscience on some of the things we've been building on, um, you know, knowing and living out God's commandments, what the church has taught us, um, you know, working through and praying through the scripture that God has given us, when when we have all of these things as part of our foundation, then our well then our conscience will be well formed and will be more apt to choose the good and avoid the evil more consistently. As we you know, and then it's kind of a, like a rinse and repeat. So as you're going through, you're praying, you're reading something, and you kind of you get stuck on it. If you can't find something in the catechism, you can always reach out to that person that you're consulting with and say, "Hey, this is something I'm struggling with, or this is something I was reading and I didn't understand." Can you give a little bit of guidance on that? So again, we're going to keep it a little bit light. We will link to all these things and a beautiful talk from Father Mike Schmitz um, that really helps. I think he's far more succinct and clear than I could ever be on this topic. Your moral theology professor, Phil, is going to be very proud of you that you brought up Gaudium et Spes. 
great document from the church. Forming uh, a well-formed conscience, you gave some great steps in there, and I really appreciate hearing that from you because it, it uh, does remind me as well that we are all on this journey together. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. We were not meant to do our Catholic faith alone. We are meant to help each other through and guide each other through. And sometimes that involves going to a priest, a spiritual director, or just a deacon. Uh, if there is something that you are struggling with, you could even email one of us and say, hey, guys, I'm struggling with this. Can we bring it up on the next podcast and talk about it on the next podcast? Absolutely. And Phil, that email address is? StrangeCatholicsPod at gmail.com. What I would like to offer here is this, you know, and far be it from me to be the one that does these types of things, but it is me who does these things. So there's a Pew study from 2014 that talks about moral conscience or conscience for moral guidance. And it says in the United States, U.S. Catholics, less than one in 10 really turn to the church for moral guidance. Actually, 73% of Catholics use their own conscience and not the church teachings uh, to, to, uh, to uh, make these types of critical decisions. Now, I will have a link for this and you can you can read it and kind of come to your own conclusions. For me, my conscience telling me I'm doing something wrong and I'm listening to it it is is an is not a hundred percent me it's an outgrowth of all kinds of things it's an outgrowth of church teaching god speaking to me it's a it's an outgrowth of my what my parents instilled into me it's all of those things right it, it really is a it is a, a combo platter of things that really so I'm not sure that this this study really breaks that down really well, but at least we'll put it up there for people to look. So I just wanted to bring that yeah. to the table. Thank you, Bob. If you have an inner voice that's telling you it's wrong, you probably should listen to it. Okay. Do good, avoid evil. Yeah, it's it's you know I'm not. If you listen to our podcast, you know that Phil and even Terry, but more mostly Phil, and I'm not trying to push Terry out, although it sounds like in this podcast I'm trying to push him out, is that Phil Phil is a, the line is straight, it's black, and it's white, right? He's a lot like that. You are, Phil, a lot like that. I am, oh, it's maybe some shades of gray because there's a lot of complicated, all these different, so sometimes I do that, right? And that type of thing. So, but in this case, a lot of things you back it up and you start the beginning. Is it, you know, you've got to start with the, the good or the bad, or, you know, is it good or it's an evil? And you can, you can start there. And obviously issues can become complicated from there because that can sometimes be fuzzy, but a lot of times you should be able to solve the majority of those things with just looking at it from that basic premise. Agreed. Yes, very much agree. 
And I would say I totally agree with your assessment of me as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that a, that a priest taught me a long time ago is if you're feeling, and I think this kind of goes back to what we've talked about in previous podcasts with Ignatian spirituality, if you're feeling at all unsettled or uneasy about it, you know, maybe a pit in your stomach or something of that sort, um, that is the Holy Spirit talking to you and telling you that this is not a good decision and you need to rethink that decision. Yeah, really listen to that. That those. So the one thing that I, and I think Father Mike talks about this in the video, and I know I read about this as well, I'm doing a little reading on this. Try to avoid those emotions, focus in on, you know, really that interior voice and not just the emotional feelings because as we talked about last week sin can be really appealing and look like the better of the two choices so just be wary form your conscience we're going to take a short break and we'll be back right after this we're back from the break and it's time for everybody's favorite the faint spotlight this week we are uh, spotlighting saint cyril and saint methodius their feast day is February the 14th. Uh, they are the patron saints of ecumenism and Slavic peoples. St. Cyril and Methodius, who are called the Apostles of the Slavs, short for Yugoslavic or Slavic, uh, for their tireless work in spreading the gospel throughout Eastern Europe in the 9th century. Born into a prestigious senatorial family in Thessalonica, in northeastern Greece in 815 for Methodius and 826 for Cyril, respectively. Cyril was given the name Constantine at his baptism and was reputedly the youngest of the seven brothers. Now, he did not take on the name Cyril until just before his death. Their father was Leo and their mother was Maria. The two brothers lost their father when Constantine was 14. The brothers renounced their wealth and status, and they chose instead to become priests. In about the year 860, both were living in a monastery on the Bosporus, now the Istanbul Strait, which separates Europe and Asia. When the authorities from the Khazar, excuse me, Empire, sent to Constantinople for a Christian missionary, Constantine was chosen and was accompanied by his brother Methodius. Both learned the local language and converted many of the people. They started their work in 863 using Slavonic in the liturgy. They translated the Bible into the language later known as Old Church Slavonic or Old Bulgarian. The result was Glagolithic alphabet, the first alphabet, try to say that 10 times fast, the first alphabet to be used for Slavonic manuscripts. This alphabet was suited to match the specific features of the Slavic language and its descendant alphabet, the Cyrillic alphabet, which is named after St. Cyril, is used in many language, languages today, including modern-day Russia. In 867, the brothers accepted Pope Nicholas I's invitation to Rome to explain their conflict with the German Archbishop of Salzburg and Bishop of Passau, 
who claimed control of the same Slavic territory and who wanted to enforce the exclusive use of the Latin liturgy. The brothers arrived in Rome in 868, where the new pope, Adrian II, was so impressed by their success that he made them both bishops and, contrary to expectation, authorized them to carry on their ministry in Slavic. Constantine, however, had no further desire for the active missionary life. He entered a monastery in Rome in 869, and here is where he took on a new name, Cyril, as a sign of his new life. Fifty days later, he died. Methodius returned to Moravia and continued his efforts for 16 years more. An incident in 871 extended his influence still further. The visiting king of Bohemia was invited to dine with the Moravian king. The guests found that he and his entourage were considered heathens and were expected to sit on the floor, while the host and Bishop Methodius, as Christians, were being served at a raised table. He asked what he could expect to gain by becoming a Christian. Bishop Methodius said, a higher place than all kings and princes. That was enough for this king, and he asked to be baptized along with his wife and the entire party that was with him. And they returned to Bohemia to encourage many of his people to accept the Christian faith. Now, Methodius was a papal legate for all the Slavic peoples, consecrated bishop, and then given an ancient see now in the Czech Republic. When much of their former territory was removed from their jurisdiction, the Bavarian bishops retaliated with a violent storm of accusation against Methodius. Methodius had to go to Rome to defend himself against charges of heresy and uphold his use of the Slavonic liturgy. He was again vindicated. In fact, John VIII, after inquiry, sanctioned the Slavonic liturgy, decreeing, however, that in the Mass, the Gospel should be read first in Latin and then in Slavonic. Methodius went to Constantinople about this time, and with the assistance of several priests, he completed the translation of the Holy Scriptures, with the exception of the books of Maccabees. He also translated the Nomo Canon, i.e. the Greek Ecclesiasto Civil Law, the enemies of Methodius did not cease to antagonize him. His health, rather, was worn out from the long struggle, and he died on the 6th of April in 885. Of course, we have only scratched the surface of these two important saints in the time that we have today, so I invite you to dig deeper with the links provided in the description or find some different links on your own and find out more about St. Cyril and St. Methodius. St. Cyril and St. Methodius, pray for us. Pray for us. Just some lesser-known saints, and we were looking through yeah. it. I mean, we could talk about St. Valentine, and he was actually a martyr, and so red's a proper color and all that stuff. But uh, when I saw that uh, St. Uh, Cyril and St. Methodius were the alternate saints, and just quickly reading in the Divine Office a little that little short paragraph that it talks about him, I was like, oh, this sounds good. Why don't we do these these two guys? So just interesting. It's always good to learn more about some great holy saints that we can lean on. Amen. Absolutely.
Well, that comes to the end of our podcast for this week. Thank you very much for listening. We want you to tell us what you think. So please, you can leave a comment on any of the podcast platforms that uh, you hear us on, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is you find our podcast. You can leave a remark there. You can rate us. Please rate us five. Five is the way to go. I heard that's that's like the number. So please rate us five. And if you need to send us an email, you can send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. And, and we'll accept all kinds of comments, good, bad. I mean, mine will only be good, please. But but good and bad for the other two guys. Um, we want to we want you to have your give us your prayer intentions because we want to pray with you and pray for you. We certainly want to do that because that's one of the reasons we're here. <laughs> I just want to implore the people, please send us some feedback. We've been a little dry for a few weeks, so please uh, give us some comments, feedback, whatever it might be. We don't we don't mind whatever. Uh, if it's a negative comment, hey, we love that too. We can only get better, sure. so please send it in. All right, let's close out. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, as we wrap up our time together with my brothers in Christ, we thank you and adore you and glorify you for this incredible time together, allowing your words to flow through us and to be a light and a beacon and uh, provide hope in these dark times. Heavenly Father, we come before you as a blessed and broken people today with our special intentions. Uh, We pray for all those affected by the shooting in Buffalo, Minnesota, and for the woman and her family that died. May God bring all of them hope, healing, and peace. For the repose of Lisa's soul, who is a friend of Bob's family, may God welcome her home with open arms. For all those who are struggling in their marriage, may the Holy Spirit renew the love in them that brought them together. For all those who are expecting or trying to become pregnant, may God keep those mothers safe and healthy. And Heavenly Father, we offer these petitions up for you, as well as the petitions in our hearts in this very moment. God, we just pray that now that we've given them over to you, that we let go of the control and let your will be done. And we pray all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And until next week, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, 
and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day, and may God bless you.